Welcome to the Fremont Presbyterian Church Podcast. Here at Fremont, we create space for people to become lifelong followers of Jesus, and we relentlessly pursue His transformation of our neighborhood, our city, and the world. Here's today's message. It is a good day today to be in the house of the Lord. When we began several weeks ago this series that we are calling Sent, the idea was simply this. To show that from the beginning of the Bible, throughout its pages, that God has been sending his people into a variety of places for a variety of tasks. We've already seen a consistent theme that, that God's people whose messengers have been, have been chosen, that it isn't because they are eloquent. It isn't because they have tremendous leadership gifts. In fact, many of them balk at the idea of God calling them. So too with us. How many of us feel ill-equipped or ill-prepared to be sent out? And yet God calls us. God calls us where we are to be ambassadors, messengers, witnesses, to be salt and light in our world. And so may we hear the word of the Lord speaking to us today through the prophet Jeremiah chapter one. I'll be reading from Jeremiah chapter one, verses one through 10. Hear the word of God. The words of Jeremiah, son of Hilkiah, one of the priests of Anathoth in the territory of Benjamin, The word of the Lord came to him in the 13th year of the reign of Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah, and through the reign of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah, down to the fifth month of the 11th year of Zedekiah, son of Josiah, king of Judah, when the people of Jerusalem went into exile. The word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand, touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today, I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. This is the word of the Lord, and thanks be to God. Friends, what Jeremiah, this passage tells us, is that the God who wants to do something new in us And through us, 
starts with us in a particular time and place. The God who wants to do something new in us and through us starts with us in a particular time and place. The beginning of the text today were a lot of names and, and, and it, it fixes us in a particular time in Israel's history. It's important to note that Jeremiah's ministry begins in the 13th year of King Josiah's reign and continued through a time where, where God's people were going into exile. Now, it's been some time, I'm sure, that any of us have studied Israelite history, but we should know that something significant happened in Josiah's reign, and the exile also marked a a very important political time. One commentary said, this season that Jeremiah was, was called into was one in which the political world and the religious world saw dramatic changes. Now you can read about Josiah, this king, in 1 Kings 22 and 23. One of the interesting factors that you might want to know is that at eight years old, he was appointed king. Eight years old, appointed king. Any of us that have grand, or children or grandchildren around that age might be scratching our head right now. But Josiah reigned for 31 years. But what is significant about Josiah is that when you read through 1st and 2nd Kings, you see that there's a familiar refrain about kings doing evil in the sight of the Lord. Kings turning away from from the God of Israel and doing what, what God commanded. And then comes Josiah. Josiah, upon upon commissioning others to go to the temple in Jerusalem, learns from someone that is doing the work there that the book of the law was finally found. The book of the law is is the first five books of, of our Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And the book of the law was read to Josiah. And then Josiah commanded that all the people of God would assemble and they too heard God's word from those first five books of the Bible. And the result was one of great repentance on the part of God's people. Josiah racked with, with, with guilt about what God's people have, have done began a a campaign to remove all the objects of worship to other gods and goddesses that Israel had begun to worship. In 2 Kings 23, after hearing the the book of the law being read, the king ordered the, the high priests and all the doorkeepers of the temple that all the articles that had been made for Baal and Asherah, two different gods and goddesses, that were, had somehow these articles of worship had made it into the temple of the Lord. All of that was to be removed and destroyed. In 2 Kings 23.10, it says that, that Josiah completely destroyed this area called Topheth, which was in the valley of Ben-Hinnom, so that, listen to this, this is from the, the scripture itself, 
no one could use it again to sacrifice their son or daughter to the god Molech. What that tells us is that, that, that there was this region in which children were being sacrificed to, to a god named Molech in fire. And Josiah said, no more. He pulls down altars that, 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 uh, that were constructed to worship other gods and goddesses. And listen to this, the king removed the high places, Josiah removed the high places that were just east of Jerusalem on a hill that was named the Hill of Corruption. And it says, these were the high places that Solomon, king of Israel, had built for Ashtoreth, the vile goddess of the Sidonians, for Chemosh, the vile god of Moab, And for Molech, the detestable god of the people of Ammon, Josiah smashed these sacred stones and cut down the poles. Do you get a picture of the state of the people of God and its temple when Josiah hears God's word, including words that said, you shall worship the God, worship the Lord only. Only worship the Lord your God who delivered you out of Egypt. Josiah went on a campaign to remove all these detestable practices from their midst. What is Josiah doing? He's removing all the idols that have distracted, corrupted, and taken a worship away from the holy God of Israel. What's interesting for us to note is that God starts with his people in a place where his people have been ignoring him, worshiping other gods, and with a reform movement just underway. In the great wisdom and timing of God, this is where God calls Jeremiah. In the midst of all the corruption that exists around, God does not give up on his people, but calls Jeremiah to be an agent of change. Let's stop there for a moment. What about you? What about us? What is your time and your place? Are you retired or you beginning your work life? Are you somewhere in between those two places? What people has God put around you, where you live, where you work, where you play? Who are your neighbors? What's happening at the schools around you? What's your time and what's your place? The hard news And God never shies away from from what he calls Jeremiah to do. The hard news is, is that God called Jeremiah to do this. He used language that things needed to be uprooted, torn down, destroyed, and overthrown. That language could be familiar for any of us that have ever done anything in our garden. A new in our garden means we have to tear out what is no longer growing. Yesterday I was doing some yard work in our yard and my body has told me after that that yes, I did some yard work for too long. I'm not the age that I once was, but 
I took a picture of this tree that is in our backyard. You may notice that it's summertime and there should be leaves on that tree. It's a dead tree that exists between a magnolia tree and another tree that I don't know the name of. Truth be told, we killed it. When we moved in almost nine years ago, our, our, we, we created all kinds of little fun things for our kids to play on and we put what's called a slack line uh, in between two trees and we, we tightly formed a, a, a band around the trunk of that tree and over time we began to notice that it choked that tree because the tree grew in and around it and like a bandage that uh, makes both sides of your fingers swell because you put it on too tight, we killed the tree. But now that tree sits in our yard as a consistent reminder that it needs to be removed. It's black, it's dead, nothing's going to grow on it again. And my wife and I, we often sit there and we say to ourselves, what, what will we plant in its place? How will we take down this tree? We don't want to pay somebody. Have anybody gotten an estimate on tree removal? I'd rather do it myself. How will we take this down? We know that the roots are probably running very deep. How will we completely get rid of that tree so that something new can grow in its place? That was what Jeremiah was commissioned to do was to remove the deadness, the darkness that existed around the people of God so that something new could be planted in its place. Something new could grow and flourish. That was Jeremiah's commission, to remove the dead things and begin to plant something new. And so the God who wants to do something in new and in us and through us starts with us at a particular time and place, but also the God who wants to do something new in us and through us reminds us that it's he that chooses us. You may have noticed the scripture that, that, that God speaks to Jeremiah and says, I chose you before you were even born. God had a purpose for Jeremiah even before he was born. Now, as I read the scriptures, I see the language, not just here in Jeremiah, of God choosing people even before their birth. And I believe that it's in there for us to understand life begins in God's kingdom before we think. Life begins in God's kingdom before you and I might think. But when you look at these passages as well, it speaks to the sovereignty of God, that God is in control, not us. If you were to study some of these passages that speak to us about what God was thinking and God was planning and purposing even before the creation of the world, even before we were born, we start to realize some things. 
Yes, this passage speaks to the fact that the choosing of God for this commission happens before we know. And we understand because of that that it isn't about us. What I mean to say is this. It's not as if God was surveying the landscape of Israel's people and going, you know, I, I really need somebody bold speak, you know, who's speaking out on these things and and might already have a following, has good leadership skills, and probably the right age that they, they gather the right kind of crowd. There's none of that. In fact, we learn again and again and again that God chooses his messengers and his people to accomplish his kingdom work. And they've got a list of questions. I'm too young. I'm slow of speech. It's certainly not me, Lord. But it shows that God is the one who is in control. And it isn't about what we bring to the table, so to speak. It isn't about our worthiness. But simply whether we will obey his call in our lives. Yes, Jeremiah was chosen for a specific task in a particular time and place. But all of us, all of us who call on the name of Jesus, call ourselves followers of his, must realize that we too are called into our neighborhood, our city, and the ends of the earth. Our school, our workplace, our family. And each time, if you were to look at these passages that talk about God choosing these people before they were even born, There's always a distinct purpose for that choosing. It's to do something for God's kingdom, to bear fruit, to do good things in the world. We were created to do good works, Ephesians says. We're created to share the love of Christ, to live out and proclaim the glory of God to the world. Our being chosen by God even before the beginning of time isn't just to rest in us being chosen, but to accomplish what God has given us to accomplish. So despite the limitations we think we have, despite the many excuses that we might make, God reminds us that it is he who chooses us. Friends, God calls us to build and to plant in a particular time and place. God calls us to build and to plant, and he's the one that calls God calls us to build and to plant and he knows that it's scary. The God who wants to do something new in us and through us knows our fear and meets us in it. God knows our fear and meets us in it. I would imagine that some of us here have once upon a time made a change Maybe started a business, taken a risk, started something, perhaps a nonprofit. You've helped on its board and restore a group of people that have been victims of, of all kinds of things or have fallen into addiction of one kind or another. And maybe if you didn't start an organization like a nonprofit or a business, maybe at some point you started a club, a group, a Bible study among new people. In your neighborhood, your apartment complex, dormitory, workplace, or school. Can you remember when you started? 
Can you remember how anxious you were? Can you remember what you were afraid of when you began something new? Friends, if we do something new, God knows we will be afraid. He knows. Jeremiah was afraid. So God graciously says to him, do not be afraid. I will be with you. And I will rescue you. What is the reason that God tells Jeremiah to not be afraid? Simply this. He will be with him. You ever started something and you took comfort in the fact that you were doing it with someone and you weren't doing it by yourself? That's the promise that God is giving all of us. Even though you and I may not see him, we know he is with us. And what a tremendous comfort it is to us as we launch into something new that he says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I will be with you. Second thing I don't think I ever noticed in this passage, though I have probably read it many other times, says that God reaches out his hand, touches his mouth. Did that strike anyone when you read it or heard it? Who's doing that? Like when we picture sometimes God speaking to the prophets, we think of this cloud coming from heaven. But clearly here, the way that it's described is that God is physically present, reaches out his hand. Touches his mouth. Some of you may be saying, ah, maybe it's an allegory, maybe, but why describe it this way? Jeremiah felt the touch of God upon his mouth. And he says, I will give you what to say, I will give you your words. And I was reminded in that moment, reflecting on this, is that. This is the same thing that Jesus would do with his disciples. This was both the warning and the promise that he gave to his disciples in Mark chapter 13. He said, you must be on your guard. You will be handed over to local councils and flogged in the synagogues. On account of me, you will stand before governors and kings as witnesses to them. Do you see the, the similarity of commission between Jeremiah and his disciples? And, God, and Jesus says, and the gospel must first be preached to all nations. God said to Jeremiah, you'll be a prophet for all nations. And then Jesus says, whenever you are arrested and brought to trial, notice he doesn't say if, when. He then says this, do not worry beforehand about what to say. Just say whatever is given you at the time, for it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. And Jesus would send the Holy Spirit into these first witnesses, giving them what to say in the moment of trial. And Jesus gives us his spirit as well giving us 
what to say in those moments when we know not what to do. The God who wants to do something new in us and through us is with us and equips us. The God who wants to do something new in us and and through us is with us and he equips us. This God who wants to do something new in us and through us, he calls us in our particular time and place. He reminds us that it is he that calls and he meets us in our fear. God is with us and he equips us. And friends, let's remember this. Jesus, the son of God, who came to take away the sin of the world. He came to our world into a particular time and place. And he called out to all that would listen and would receive his word, build their lives upon his teaching and what he has done for us through the cross and the resurrection. He proclaimed that we too could enter into the kingdom of God and enter into the work of the kingdom of God. He told us that he chose us. He chose us to bear fruit. And again and again, he said to his disciples, be not afraid. I will be with you. And again and again, he teaches us and equips us. The way of God to restore the world has always been through a people willing to obey his call to uproot, but also to build and to plant. So as you leave this place today, what is it? What uniquely is it that he is calling you to build and to plant? What is it that God is calling us to build and to plant. Will you please pray with me? Oh, gracious God, we thank you for your word given to Jeremiah that we have read today and heard today. Lord, you know our fear we, you know our hesitancy to be about change, to be about truly building and planting something new. Help us to know you are with us just as you were with Jeremiah. Help us to know that you will give us what to say and you will guide us in what to do in your timing. May we trust in the knowledge that you are God and you have been making a people since before the creation of the world to proclaim your glory, to make your name known and to build your kingdom until that day that you come again to make all things new. We pray this 
In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to the Fremont Presbyterian Church Podcast. For more information about our church, visit fremontpress.org. We'd love for you to join us on Sunday mornings. Our service times are 9 a.m. in the sanctuary for classic worship and 10.30 a.m. in the Community Life Center for modern worship. You can catch the live stream of both services at fremontpress.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to get the latest episode each week. Thanks for listening. 